Hello, everybody, and welcome back to First and Goal, the hardest hitting up and coming ACC and SEC football podcast on the internet today. It is Sunday, September 3rd in the year 2023. And today, guys, we're going to be reviewing the week one of football. We're going to be talking about everything that happened Thursday night, Friday night, last night. And we're just going to throw out our predictions for tonight's game between Florida State and LSU and tomorrow night's game between Clemson and the Duke Blue Devils. But before we get into that, you know what you got to do. You got to buckle up that chin strap, throw in that mouthpiece. It's going to be a hard hitter. Let's get it. Yeah, I'm ready to get into talking football, Bubba. But as always, I am joined here with my co-host, the one and only, Big Rob. What's going on, everybody? I hope you all have enjoyed this holiday weekend so far. Not only not only do we have a long weekend, but we've got a long weekend of football, man. Extremely, extremely blessed to have it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And guys, um, I do want to apologize real quick. We went... We were supposed to have episodes this past week with y'all. Promise y'all we were going to get it done. But I don't know if y'all noticed, but Hurricane Idalia took a little bit of a toll right here on the southeast. And it stormed like no tomorrow at my house this past week. And it just, it would not have been good podcasting weather. Let's put it that way. And I'm not trying to fry all this equipment. No, not at all. Not Especially, we would have, I would have had to have a pontoon to get out here. Yeah, you definitely would have because the highway in front of my house was flooded. We got, I think, almost 10 inches right like 9.4 inches or something. It was absolutely insane. But anyways, we're back this week. We Just a little later than we were hoping to, but we still got here on the game week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Football still fresh in air. Ready to go over these scores, man. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And to be honest with you, there's some scores that, I pretty much figured what happened, and there's other ones that just blew my mind. Oh, well, before we do scores, I just remember something, though. We got a little breaking news. Oh, yeah. dee 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 <laughs> I hear you. So, the breaking news for everybody. If y'all listened to the last podcast, you heard us talking about the schools wanting to leave the ACC for more money. Well, as it turns out, this past week, The ACC votes to expand, and they uh, have invited, and it's been accepted, but they've invited Cal, Stanford, and SMU starting in 2024. Yeah, that's going to be big-time difference maker. It's going to bring some more money into the conference, like West Coast money. There's money out in Rand. Oh, yeah. But uh, also, it's going to help the ACC get a little bit of cushion, you know what I'm saying? Go against these super conferences like the SEC and the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. But it's also going to give more 
uh, more views out there in the West Coast as well, because then they're, everybody's going to be interested to see what their teams are going to do out there in the West Coast in the ACC. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting, honestly, to see how California and Stanford and oh, who the hell SMU, SMU, yeah, 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 the the Mustangs. Mm-hmm. See how they stack up against the Wake Forest and Duke and Clemson and all that. It's going to be really interesting to see how they stack up, honestly. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, to be honest with you, because it's, it's just more football for one of my favorite conferences. <laughs> yeah, it's more football, and also it's going gonna, it's gonna to help those former Pac-12 schools, honestly, I think, because in the last couple of years, there's been, that's no secret, there's been a huge jump in recruiting with Pretty much the SEC and ACC running the nation and recruits. You got Big Ten guys getting some of them here and there, Michigan and uh, Ohio State. But besides that, the SEC and ACC has taken over the country. Yeah, pretty much. Recruiting. I mean, other than, you know, your USC Trojans and your uh, Oregon Ducks, I mean, the other schools. Oregon's falling off a good bit. Yeah. But, you know, other than. Other than the Trojans, man, I mean, with with that LA money, it's it's really hard for these other teams to really recruit, and that's kind of what's what's happened too to take a toll. Oh, absolutely! But now they got a little bit of a recruiting pitch. Hey, we're playing in the ACC. You get to play against schools like Clemson. You get a lot of national exposure. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys in the ACC go on to the NFL to that next level, man. It's gonna it's gonna help bring more athletes in there, without a doubt. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, that was that's the SEC's biggest pitch a lot that you hear too is just talking about the national exposure and you know what it takes to get to the NFL, man. Now that uh, now that these teams got it, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. No, without a doubt, man. So all in all, this is starting in twenty twenty four, right? Next year. Damn it boy. Oh, this should be very interesting seeing where they stack up. Absolutely. All right. What the hell? <laughs> but uh, on top of all that, man, I reckon we can jump in so many scores up to now. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Let's start with Thursday's games. We'll take a look at this Wake Forest versus Elon game. And this game was actually a little bit closer than what I thought it would be. Wake Forest actually wins 37-17. to Wake Forest with a brand-new quarterback back there. They, they got the job done. No, they did. They really looked like the Wake Force of old, pretty much. I mean, not – I say the Wake Force of old last six, seven years, really, mm-hmm. of Wake Force. They just keep chug-a-lug-a-lugging. doesn't matter who's the quarterback, who's not. I mean, they just keep doing their own thing. And all in all, I mean – Absolutely, absolutely. You know, the, the great thing about this Wake Force team, no matter who's back there quarterback, this just goes to show that good coaching can keep a team in the loop. Because I was for sure, whenever they lost the school's leading quarterback of all time to Notre Dame, I was for sure that they were going to take a nosedive. But, you know, they, they seemed to be just chugging right along along. No, they really did, man. I mean, plug and play. Now, granted, it was against Elon. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... It's going to be interesting to see what happens when they go up against some real competition. That defense, I am a little bit nervous. You gave up 17 points to Elon and put up 37. So 
ain't but a 20 point difference there, right? It's a little nerve wracking. So we shall see. But all in all, good opening week for Wake. Opening week for Wake Forest. Absolutely, man. Moving on to the next one, you had NC State versus UConn. And this is a little more alarming to me. You're playing a team like UConn and you only win by 10, beating them 24 to 14. What's going on with that? Yeah, I just, I'm not exactly sure what the deal was here. I was really excited for NC State coming into the season. I was thinking Brandon Armstrong was going to make a huge jump. But in all reality, man, I mean, the offense just really was not clicking. I mean, the passing game wasn't there. I mean, a lot of it was play calling somewhat. Yeah. Brennan Armstrong on the night went 17 for 26 for 155 yards through the air. This is the same quarterback who had multiple a record at Virginia for multiple weeks with 400-plus yard games. Yeah, absolutely. And a 155-yard game, no touchdowns. Granted, he didn't have any interceptions either, but – that's just that's very, very stale yeah. stats. But he, what bothers me even more so, is he led the team in rushing. <laughs> Nineteen carries, ninety-six yards, five point one yard average, two touchdowns. Yeah, it's and and that was really. One of the reasons I think why he left Virginia was because they put a lot on his back there. And now that he's at NC State, and NC State's, you know, for the last few years has had a great running game. So, you know, and I understand that you lose players, but at the same time, you still got to to make, you still got to build your running back class, you know, for the future. And it just doesn't seem like it's it's working out for him. No, I really don't. I mean, they're running back. His stats weren't too bad on the evening. Houston had 13 carries for 57 yards, 4.4 yards of carry average, but no touchdowns. So that's a little confusing to me. I just, I'm more so lost with the fact of Brandon Armstrong not having that many yards through there because if I'm not mistaken, his original offensive coordinator from Virginia. Reunited with him at NC State this year, I do believe. I believe you're right. So that just really makes me wonder, man. Yeah. Yeah, is it is it something to do with your offensive line? Is it not blocking? Is it something to do with just the running game or the play calling, man? It's just it, – it's a head-scratcher now, given this is the first game of the season. And you're going to have some kinks that you've got to work out. But at the same time – upper-tier quarterback shouldn't have these kind of problems. No, no, no. They, they really shouldn't. They really shouldn't. So something's got to be figured out and quick. Mm-hmm. Right, on to the next. Speaking of something that needs to be figured out, Florida versus Utah. This was one of the most boring games that I've watched over this opening game week. Florida could not get it figured out. Given Utah... You know, they are, you know, up there ranked. But at the same time, you're at SEC school, you're freaking Florida. Florida loses this game 24 to 11. 11 points, Florida. Let that sink in. Yeah, just, I don't know what exactly is going on down there in Gainesville. I really do not. It just, the team itself is not clicking. What's really, really disappointing, more 
anything to me was the rushing attack by yes. Florida. Their rushing attack was just god awful. I mean, Graham Mertz really didn't have too bad of a night. I mean, he was 31 44, one touchdown, one pick, 333 yards through there. The passing game was there. But you got 333 yards on one touchdown to show for us. That's a bit concerning. Yeah. But their leading rusher on the entire game was Trevor Etienne, younger brother, younger brother of Travis Etienne from the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he had seven carries for 25 yards. Why is he only carrying the ball seven times to right. start with? And last year he was – I mean, he was a beast last year. Oh, he really was. He was a hell of a weapon. But the stats just don't add up, man. They really do not. And it's just really disappointing. I mean, you look at total yards. Florida outgained Utah in total yards, 346 yards, 270. Gracious day. Passing yards, Florida had 333. Utah had 165. Rushing yards, Florida had 13 total rushing yards. To Utah's 105, but average yards per play, Florida 5.3, Utah 5.1. First downs, Florida 17, Utah 14. But on third down, Florida was 1 for 13 on Florida on third down. Mm-hmm. Utah was 3 of 13. But this is the backbreaker. Fourth down, Florida went for it five times, converted twice. Mm hmm. Three turnovers on downs. Florida had nine penalties, 46 yards. Utah only had five. I mean, it's just – it doesn't add up. No, it really doesn't. What it, what it comes out to be is Utah was more efficient in the red zone than what Florida was. Utah's, Utah's the better coach team. Yeah. That's Florida. Absolutely. I like Billy Napier. I was thinking he was going to be pretty good at Florida. But he just comes off stagnant. Comes off very stagnant, very self-centered. Very Justin Fuente-ish yeah. from Virginia Tech. Just, yeah. I'm not going to say Billy Napier is self-centered. I'm not going to say that. Seems pretty good. Seems like a fairly humble guy. But he just stagnant. You listen to him talk, he's just kind of a boring guy. No fire. This team just boring. Yeah. Doesn't have a whole lot of fire. And, I mean, they show in games they can play their their butts off. I mean, they smoked South Carolina last year, but I ain't saying a whole lot. (laughs) Gracious day. No, I just – this Florida team, something's got to be figured out quick, fast, in a hurry. <clears throat> because from what I'm seeing, especially with this fan base, that seat is getting hot under Billy. No, absolutely, man, without a doubt. They're, they're going to have to figure out something quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yes, sir. Bar none. Moving on. Next up, we had Mizzou versus South Dakota. Missouri wins this game 35-10. to 10. And I figured it would probably be a high-scoring game with being Missouri. Missouri having the, the recruiting classes that they've had the last couple of years. 
and it, it just seems like they're starting to figure it out and really starting to uh, to, to come on. No, Missouri just – I want to be positive about this, but who did they play? South Dakota, man. I mean, it's a good, clean start for them, I guess. I just not. I just. I don't know. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Missouri does this every year. They'll start off and they'll look impressive in a couple of games. You say, man, Missouri. Dangerous. They're, they're starting to look dangerous, looking like a real mm-hmm. contender over there. And then they start doing drink of such things. Yeah. I would be more of a fan for Missouri, but I just. I don't trust Eli. I don't trust his coaching. No, I don't either. I'm not an Eli fan. He just. Ever since he crapped all over his players a couple years ago after the bowl game, just deflected all the blame. Mm-hmm. Ain't a fan of that. Not at all. Not at all. Nope. So, on to the next. All right. So, now we're getting into Friday's game. September the 1st, you had Miami of Ohio versus Miami of Florida, the Battle of the Miamis. Miami of Florida pulls this out 38-7. to Ohio playing the Miami Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. This is another one similar to Missouri. I want so badly to say, hell yeah. The U is back. <laughs> but I said that last year and y'all made me look like an ass. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. No. I'm not falling for it this year. At least not yet. I might fall for it later in the year. This is Miami of Ohio. This is a Mac team. Yeah. But then again, I mean, the Hurricanes got spanked by mid-Tennessee last year. You're right. We just got to see if Miami can keep this going. The Hurricanes can keep this going and stay positive going forward. I got to see a lot more before I buy into the hype. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Look, I want so bad to be a Mario Cristobal fan and from what I've seen at practices and whatnot, he he's saying the right stuff, but it's not translating to the field, and I don't know what what's going on there. No, I'm not sure either. But on to the next. Yes, we're on to the next one. This was probably the one of the games of the week. Yeah, absolutely. So the University of Louisville versus Georgia Tech. And this was one of my most anticipated games of the week. Louisville pulls out the victory. Close victory, 39-34. And I figured this was going to be a close game. And I'm telling you, this game also started out a little bit stagnant. But as the game went on, adjustments made. Man, this turned out to be a barn burner, a slobber knocker, whatever you want to call it. But I'm telling you, man, Louisville might be a dangerous team out there in the ACC this year. They really could, man. I mean, Plummer. <laughs> I wonder if he's related to Jake Plummer. I don't know. Jack Plummer. I'm about to look that up real quick. <laughs> I'll be right back, y'all. <laughs> you going to look up some, uh, some something here for y'all, getting a little little uh, backstory. But, yeah, man, it's uh, Plummer was just – he started out just a little bit stale, a little bit rusty. But as the game went on, man, he was he was hitting his mark. You know, putting it spot on and just a, a very, very dangerous sort of quarterback there. 
running game seemed like it was, you know, it was going pretty good as well, man. I mean, it just – and Georgia Tech, don't get me wrong, man. The quarterback Georgia Tech has uh, from um, – oh, what team was that? Texas A&M. He was also real stagnant, real jittery at first, but he, he turned it on as well, man. And it was just a great game, a great game to watch after like the first quarter. <laughs> okay, he's not. He is not related to Jake Plummer. Sorry about that, guys. He does have a brother though, who's quarterback at Arizona, Will Plummer. Hmm. There's a quarterback in the family. <laughs> No, Louisville looked really good uh, the night against Georgia Tech. What I love best about this is they had a balanced rushing attack, balanced passing attack. Mm -hmm. Defense really stuck with it, hard-hitting game. But Georgia Tech, man, I mean, this is the most fight I've seen from Georgia Tech in a while. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Haynes King went out there, went 19 for 32, over 300 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Also led the team in rushing, unfortunately. Ten carries for 53 yards, 5.3 yards a carry. Cooley had nine carries, 52 yards, two touchdowns. They had a pretty balanced rushing attack. I just, I really liked the fight both of these teams showed. And, I mean, the stat line just looks dead nuts even. Louisville's total yards, 474 yards. Georgia Tech's total yards, 488. <laughs> Passing yards, Louisville, 247. Georgia Tech, 313. Mm -hmm. Rushing yards, Louisville, 227. Georgia Tech, 175. I mean, they're they deadlocked. Average yards per play, 7.3 for Louisville, 7.0 for Georgia Tech. Yep. And, and really, the stat line there, one of the very few times that I've seen, usually – Shows how the team actually won. Because, I mean, with a close game like this, being dead nuts even, like you said, I mean, the the team that got the most yards won the game. Time of possession. What was the time of possession this game? <laughs> On the time of possession, you were looking at a 12-second difference. <laughs> Louisville had the ball for a total of 29 minutes, 54 seconds. Georgia Tech had the ball for a total of 30 minutes and 6 seconds. That time difference, man, that, that explains a five-point difference. I mean, it's unreal. Yeah. 12 seconds. That's it. 12 seconds difference in the whole game. Yeah. The only difference is Georgia Tech had a lost fumble. Louisville did not. They both had an interception. Both teams punted the ball four times. <laughs> Total plays ran. Louisville 65, Georgia Tech 70. I mean, I just – I don't know what more – how more even two teams could be. One of the biggest differences I've seen with this Georgia Tech team this year was just the, their strength and conditioning. and That really bolds to say a lot with their one of their new strength and conditioning coaches, Byron Gerardo. He has done an amazing job out there at Georgia Tech. you got to take your hat off to him for that. No, no. He came over from a South Carolina staff. He was originally part of staff at Tennessee, then came to South Carolina, now Georgia Tech, man. Great guy, great person, great personality. Makes positive impact everywhere he goes. Yes, sir. Sorry about that if y'all heard any 
any noise there. It uh, was an accident. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, Jared o just he's played a big difference out there at Georgia Tech, man, and I'm excited to see what they're able to do going forward. No, absolutely. Moving on. Now we're at Saturday's games. Let it rip, Tater Chip. All right. So we're going to start with the Virginia-Tennessee game. This was a game that I was semi-excited to see for the simple fact that we haven't seen Virginia since the tragedy. Wanted to see what they're going to look like, what kind of fire that they were going to play with. And they really did come out with some fire. But it just Tennessee was just a little too much for them, man. They beat them 49-13. Yeah, it just – it was great just seeing Virginia back on the field, honestly, after everything that happened last year. I wish they could have had a little bit better showing, but they got a lot of work still to do from last year. A lot of the same problems they had before are still there. <sighs> but a lot of the same problems they had before are still there. Still fighting some issues. And Tennessee's just, they're no joke. Absolutely. You got Bazooka Joe, that whole offense. Is, but that arm on Bazooka Joe, though. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what really impressed me is the Tennessee defensive line has stepped yes. it up significantly. Yes, absolutely. But there's really not much more that you can say uh, about this game other than, you know, good job, Tennessee. Bazooka Joe, he's, he's the real deal. But uh, I think the thing that really that really got me the most, man, was the actual tributes during the game. Well, no, without a doubt. Very, very emotional game. Absolutely, man. Let's go ahead and move on before I start tearing up thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Ball State versus Kentucky. Kentucky wins this game 44-14 just like I figured they would. I mean, there's really not much that you could say about this game. I mean, it was Ball State. Devin Leary looked good. Offensive line looked better, but again, it was Ball State. I, I really wasn't impressed with Devin Leary. No? No, I just – I get it. This is his first game in the system. Might be some growing pains. But to me, Liam Cohen, the way Will Levis picked it up, I was really hoping that Devin Leary would come in and be able to do the same thing. It's not better, honestly. With all the experience he brings to the table. But he came in there and, I mean, he went 18 of 31. So, not the best completion percentage. One touchdown, one interception, 240 yards. He's just – the stats don't really jump off the chart at me. But I will say this is more of a traditional Kentucky football. You got Ramon Davis playing running back this year. And this kid's a freaking stud. Yeah. Averaged eight yards of carry, had 112 yards on the day. I bust, yep, 112 yards on the day, 14 carries, eight yards, even two touchdowns. Just very hard to tackle, very quick, shifty, absolute stud. Absolutely, man, absolutely. That's one thing when you think about a Kentucky team, you think about the running game. When you talk Kentucky last year, you know, of course, you think about the quarterback who went on to the NFL, but you also think of Chris Rodriguez, who was probably the team's leading rusher for three three years straight. But uh, just, you know, all in all, just a typical Kentucky win. No, absolutely. On to the next. Ole Miss versus Mercer. There ain't really much to talk about here. Ole Miss wins this 
Yeah, 737. I ain't got nothing else for you. We're going to roll through a couple of these. We got one that jumps off the chart at us. We'll talk about it. But <laughs> there's going to be a couple scores we're going to mention and keep on right. Absolutely. Next up, we got UMass versus Auburn. Auburn wins this 59-14. That was a... That was a very slow starting game, I will say, with Auburn. I was really concerned for Hugh Freeze starting out. The quarterback originally was not looking too impressive at all to me, to be quite honest with you. Um, Peyton Thorne, I think is his name. Yeah. But they made some packages for Robbie Ashford, who was quarterback last year, if y'all remember. And Ashford came in there, and he made a couple – Quick passes at quarterback. They didn't use much in the passing game. But they used them in the running game. Nine carries, 50 yards, three touchdowns. Jackson had a touchdown. Cobb had a touchdown. Austin had a touchdown. They really utilized that running game. But if they're going to have success in the future, they better figure out this passing attack, and I mean quick. Absolutely. Absolutely. Moving on, we're going to bust through about three of these real quick before we get to talk about the next game, three or four of them. Uh, Southeast Louisiana versus Mississippi State. Mississippi pulls out the uh, state. Mississippi State pulls out the victory, forty-eight to seven. Great tribute to the Pirate here. Hey, how about when they brought that plaque out there on the field uh, to give to his wife and everything? The tribute they gave that family. And then the very next play, the defense comes out there and forces a fumble and gets the ball back. I mean, talk about swinging your sword, man. No, and especially talking about swinging the sword. Did you see what the kid did that recovered the fumble? He was swinging his sword in celebration. Really? Yes, sir. That's awesome. I didn't even catch up, to be honest with you. I just I lost my mind as soon as I seen the fumble. Yeah, a lot of people would have considered it like it was a uh, golf shot. But he, he didn't do two hands. He just did the one swing and the sword sort of thing. That is awesome. That is absolutely freaking awesome. Moving on. Again, I don't want to cry. Colgate <laughs> versus Syracuse. 65 to nothing. Nothing really to talk about. Syracuse doing Syracuse things from last year. Yes, sir. UT Martin versus Georgia. 48-7. to seven. Apparently, the new quarterback at Georgia is doing, uh, doing Stetson Bennett sort of things. Georgia things. Yeah, Georgia things. Texas A&M versus New Mexico, 52-10. Texas A&M and New Mexico, you said? Yes, sir. Texas A&M versus New Mex. Well, I reckon it's a good warm-up game for Jimbo with his new office coordinator, 52-10. I mean, it is what it is. On to the next. <laughs> Alabama A&M versus Vanderbilt. How about Vandy, man? 2-0. Two and O. Oh. How about it? Go ahead, Vandy. Go ahead. I'm telling you, man, this new coach that Vandy got, he's really improved the program. He's really improved just everything around it, the attitudes. And Vandy really thinks that they're in every game now, and I love to see it. Absolutely, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's Alabama A&M. Mm-hmm. It's a nobody. But the hell, two, <laughs> two years ago, three years ago, Vandy was losing to nobodies. They wasn't winning any games. Mm-hmm. So, I'm happy for them. Absolutely. Let's talk about this North Carolina versus South Carolina battle of the Carolinas. Do we have to? We don't have to. We can skip it if you want. No, we'll talk about it. <laughs> 
South Carolina loses 31-17. Congratulations, North Carolina. Yeah, they, uh, I give it to Mac Brown, man. I mean, all, in all reality, they were the better coach team. They played better. They played like they wanted it a lot more. They were the hungrier team. That team still remembered what happened two years ago. Yep. They kept that chip on their shoulder. Yep. South Carolina, I think, came into this team, this game, drinking their own Kool-Aid, still riding high after last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, every single hype video they released, you still see in Tennessee and all the stuff from last season. I mean, that was great, but yep. I'm more worried about 2023 instead of 2022. Yep, absolutely. Hopefully this game humbles them, but. You do have to give Mac Brown his congratulations this game. He is the first head coach to win 100 games with multiple schools. That is, that's pretty remarkable. So congratulations to you, Mac. South Carolina's, I don't know, don't get me wrong, Spencer Radler played sensational mm-hmm. in this game. He really did. He looked like a, the Heisman candidate, Spencer Radler. Xavier Leggett for South Carolina. Freaking stud. Yeah. Like all Sean Jeffrey 2.0 out there. Yep. Played a sensational game. But the South Carolina offensive line just looked absolutely dreadful. What offensive line? I didn't see an offensive line out there. Like they just – they really did look very, very bad, very poor. A lot of people are concerned about the rushing game in South Carolina, but to be honest, until you get the offensive line fixed, you really don't know what you're getting with the with the rushing game. Well, I mean, you could have Emmett Smith or Barry Sanders at running back, and you're not gonna you're not gonna do any better. No, with that offensive line, Absolutely. unfortunately. But uh, now you do have to say though that with this South Carolina team, they did suffer a lot, a lot, a lot of injuries. They were playing a lot of youth out there, but at the same time, man, it's it's your job as coaches to get them ready. That is exactly right. That's what I was just getting ready to say. In this defense on South Carolina, you have got to find a way to stop some of these teams. And you got to stop them before the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. You just – that's been a little bit of an issue the last several years. There's been some games where they've kept them in. And, I mean, last night they got two turnovers. Yeah. That's great. But you also let them score 31 points before you came to, before you decided to wake up and play ball. Right. And you just you cannot do that in the SEC. You got to put four quarters together. And when you get turnovers like that, man, you have the you offense have, has to make it count. Absolutely, man. Not only that, but they also made a special teams play, and they couldn't do anything with that. I think they went three at three and out. Yep. So I mean, when you get the opportunities, you have. To take advantage of them, or else you're going to lose. I think they gave up nine sacks last night. I ain't counting how many times quarterback was hit and just rushed, but nine sacks. Yeah, Spencer was running for his life most of the game. Nine sacks in one game is dreadful. Yeah. Yeah, if you ain't careful, you're going to get that boy hurt. Mm-hmm. But it, <clears throat> that's about all I got. You got anything else to say about him? Nope, nope, nope. I think uh, Drake May looks just as sensational, special as he did last year, if not better. Uh, yeah, I was going to say I think he's, he 
looking a lot better than what he did last year. This new offensive coordinator he's got has done a tremendous job with him. Luke Drake May. Mm-hmm. He looked freaking fantastic last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but no, he just he just looked magical. He looked poised. He he looked like a future number one NFL draft pick. No, without a doubt. But besides mm-hmm. that, I think North Carolina. I think they're going to have a pretty good season this year. Their de- defense looked really good. So. But also, I mean, you can look like a future NFL draft pick when you're not touched. That's true. (laughs) All right, let's move on. Middle Tennessee versus Alabama. Alabama wins 56-7. What about this Jalen Milrow kid coming out of nowhere? I mean, he played last year for him. Didn't look half bad. I think I was more. I think Alabama's going to be tough this year. I'm be honest with you. I think Alabama's going to be tough. Why? Because they're winning games 56 to seven, and Nick Saban is still not happy. That just feels like old, nostalgic, pissed off Alabama. The the aftermath <laughs> in the press conference when he was asked, "Do you think Jalen Milrow will you know play this well in the future?" Oh God! Does this Coca Cola look like a crystal ball? Can I see the future? You tell me. What What do you think? Can you see the future? <laughs> Gracious thing. Yeah, old St. Nick, man, he does not give a rip, that's for sure. <laughs> you ain't wrong. And you can tell he's got a chip on his shoulder this season. He is tired of the Bulldogs. Yeah, he's tired. He's tired of the, the, the bull crap. Tired uh, of the bull crap, and he's ready to get Bama back to, to where they belong. Absolutely. But that being said, on to the next. Virginia Tech versus Old Dominion. It was great to see Virginia Tech come out with the fire that they've had this this game. The defense just looked like your old school Virginia Tech defense. They did not give a crap. And it was good to see their offense just, you know, taking a step forward. Whereas last year they just looked like total crap. Virginia Tech wins this game 36 to 17. No, I was really impressed with how they played. They started off a little rocky going into halftime. They put together a good drive right before the half. So I was feeling a little better, but I still, I don't know, it's a little a little rough. But after halftime, man, the defense really settled down and played lights out. Grant Wells really played extremely well. Second half offensive line played well. Everybody played well. The coaches did a good job. And Lane Stadium, man, that is – that house was rocking. We missed it because we were watching the South Carolina game, but I'm sure Inner Sandman rocking at the beginning of the, uh, of the game when the team comes in. Oh, I bet Lane Stadium just about fell when that hit for the first game of the season. Oh, absolutely. I was so upset that I missed that. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man, but there's really not much more to say about that game. I mean, like I said, just I was really impressed with the way Grant Wells performed. He just seemed like he took a step forward from last season. But I I think we're going to see a different Virginia Tech team this year. I really do, too. I I think they're, they're hungry. They're mad about last season. They've made some coaching changes, which they needed to do. So we'll see. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that wraps up our reviews of the games this week. 
Absolutely. All that's left is to predict one tonight and one tomorrow night. <sighs> Where's my Coke bottle? I need a crystal ball. <laughs> <laughs> I got a Sprite bottle over here. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so Sunday's game. Tonight. Yes, sir. LSU versus Florida State. What time is that? 7.30 tonight? 7.30. Who you got? This one's really hard because I like both teams. I think both teams are going to, to really put up a fight. But I'm going to take LSU. I think they remember what happened last season. Taking LSU to win this game, 38-35. And I'm going to, I'm going to say it's probably double overtime. I think this game here, Florida State's got a great rushing attack. They got a great quarterback in Jordan Travis. They got some great weapons out there from the SEC, Jaheim Bell, that they like to poach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good offensive line. Florida State's pretty sound on defense. But I feel like in a game like this right here, the team with the better defense is the one that's going to come out on top. LSU, man, they started off the year rough last year. But if those team, if those two teams faced each other five times last year, LSU would have won four out of five. If they would have faced off late in the season, I think LSU would have waxed them. I just I think LSU is the more physical team. They're the better coach team, in my opinion. And I just, I, I gotta go with the LSU Tigers on this one. You said 38-35 in overtime. Yes, sir. I'm gonna go with 38 to 27. I think LSU defense is gonna be too much. I like it. I like it. All right. What you got for tomorrow night? Tomorrow night. We got Clemson versus Duke. And this is another game that I cannot wait for. I'm going to have a good cold drink. I'm going to be sitting back in my recliner. And I'm going to be shouting for the Duke Blue Devils. Not just because I'm a Carolina fan, but I really am become a Duke fan. We used to joke around and call them the Blue Devils. They ain't the Blue Devils no more. No, no, sir. Mike Elko came in there, man. He changed this program. I, I myself have become a big Mike Elko fan. You listen to him talk. You listen to the way he treats his players, the way he talks about his program, the passion he has for you. You can't help but like the guy. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And <clears throat> this game last season was a close game. And I think adjustments have been made. This being the first game of the season. <clears throat> I think Duke is going to take this game, and I think they're going to take it 28-21. Duke didn't play Clemson last year, I don't think. I thought they did. I thought it was a close game. I don't think they played last year. I could be wrong. I'm not sure. You got who went on it? I'm taking Duke, 28-21. This is going to be a tough one. This is going to be a really tough one. Clemson, to me, is going to have the better defense. I feel like their offense is going to be looking for some big plays. Cade Klubnik, 
outstanding young quarterback, but at the same time, Duke's got an incredible quarterback with Riley Leonard. Mm-hmm. Duke also has a sensational rushing attack. Mm-hmm. They got some good offensive linemen. They got a good defense in their own right. They have a good defense in their own right. Year two of this program, of this system, learning, seeing that they can compete at a high level. And year two with Mike Elko. I'm going to take. Hmm. I'm going to take Duke. 31. Clemson, 28. 31-28. I like it. Field goal in the closing seconds. I like it. It's going to be a very close one. This game can go either way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is just really a hard one to call because it's really hard to, to go against Clemson in the ACC because of the defense that they've got. Well, the ACC is Clemson. Yeah. I mean, the last few years, you're 100% right. They own it. Yep. But at the same time, I feel like Clemson, to an extent, has lost some of their mojo the last couple of years. They really have. I mean, and it's not defensively because Clemson's got, and I think they always will have, a great <coughs> defensive team. They're, they're, they're a known defense, man. You're looking in the NFL, you see a lot of Clemson guys on, on different teams. But this offense has just really become questionable. Well, that bowl game, man, against Tennessee, Clemson just – that's got to hurt your confidence. You lose to – excuse me, D.J. Uliungle played against South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Club Nick closed the game out. But they just couldn't seal the deal. Lost that game to the rival after all those years. And they went to a conference championship, blew out North Carolina. But then they played Tennessee in that bowl game and just got worked mm-hmm. badly. Yep. So it makes you wonder where Cade's confidence level's at, the team's confidence level. They're not riding high coming into the season. They're coming off a loss. The biggest thing that Clemson has for them coming back offensively is having Will Shipley back a year. Yeah. If you can ride Will Shipley, you've got a chance. It all depends, man. It's going to be a very interesting year. Absolutely. But with that being said, you got anything else you want to touch on? Just the fact that we made it. We made it, guys. Football is here, and it is a wonderful time, man. It feels like fall outside right now. I'm loving it. Oh, absolutely. I, I told my wife yesterday, I woke up. She said, honey, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. I'm off today. <laughs> she said, what you mean? I said, this is my holiday. Yep. The week one college game day. Hey, hey this is a holiday, fellas. This is bigger than Christmas for me. Yes. It's the most wonderful time. I make no mistake. In the end, the honeydew was still got done. But <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not suicidal. <laughs> I'm not crazy. But anyways, guys, well, with all that being said, we appreciate y'all tuning in. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Hopefully we'll be back in here in the next day or two. And until next time, let's just keep those drinks cold and keep those chains moving. <laughs>